Coming up on Podcast 1639, we present the brand new electric SUV from uh, Turkey. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Also on the show today, BYD have got so many EVs to get out of China, they're buying their own transport ships. Ford extending their deadline for dealerships to sign up to sell electric vehicles. And Tesla expanding their German site. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's EV News Daily for the weekend. Your trusted source of EV information for Sunday 30th of October. My name is Martin Lee. Been through every EV story over the last 24 hours. Uh, So you don't have to. There's still plenty happening, even though it's the weekend. And a quick mention for our podcast sponsor this month, the new app and charge just coming to the UK. So download it to your phones because they have high level rewards. If you are charging on Ionity, answer five quick questions about the charge location. You can take a little picky of things like the connector, the surrounding area, cleanliness, stuff like that, because the charging networks that partner partner with and charge do so because they want real time honest feedback to get to them through the Ancharge app rather than having to search you know, a load of third-party apps that people upload their pictures to. And you get rewarded for it as well. So you get some kilometres in kind of reward points. You can exchange those for Amazon vouchers and even £5 Octopus Electric Universe vouchers, fellow sponsor of this podcast. So download and charge next time you're at an Ionity station and get cracking. We'll start with the Chinese brand Xpeng, only make EVs, and now they're delivering the new G9 EV. And it is the fastest charging passenger car on the market anywhere in the world they say it's a month after they began taking orders and now deliveries are happening in the city of Guangzhou actually that's where the cars are made so they're keeping it local for the first ones the specs are unchanged the all-wheel drive max model is 3.9 seconds to get to 100 kilometers an hour and a 96 kilowatt hour battery pack now they say 650 kilometers of range be careful extreme caution with the Chinese range estimates. So what we tend to do is go for the pack size, which is 96 kilowatt hours, and then you can start to look at how efficient a vehicle is. Now, a pretty bad EV is three miles per kilowatt hour. Pretty good EV is maybe four and a half miles per kilowatt hour at uh, highway speeds. And so you can start to work out how far EVs are going to go on a battery pack size. So it's a really big battery pack for what is an SUV. And the pièce de résistance, if you like, of this vehicle is its charging speed. It will charge at 430 kilowatts. And it's amazing that these innovations, these developments, are coming from the Chinese. So it uses their new 480 kilowatt ultra rapid chargers. So they're deploying their own ones across the region, and you'll get to 80% in 15 minutes. Now, I've seen some YouTube videos of this actually in action, and it's not just like it's a a quick spike on the charge curve, and then it sort of slows down. It's not a wham-bam, thank you, ma'am, of charging. It is indeed. It ramps up a little bit slowly, but then when it gets there, it holds a really fast charge rate for a very, very long time. They say that the, the battery packs remain very durable and resilient. It won't shorten the life of the battery pack, but holy moly, can you imagine charging at 430 kilowatts? I'm sorry, like the best out there at the minute is the Porsche Taycan at around 270. Maybe the Hummer, which we've seen up in the 300s, but Hummers are pretty rare. So what? What? Uh, Now let's move on and talk about plug-and charge, where you plug your car in and walk away. It's now being rolled out on Blink charging stations. It's being implemented by the company Hubject. They kind of make it all work for the charging companies, and it is about making charging more convenient. That's really, really important. I don't mind an RFID card or a smartphone tap or tapping my bank card, but plug-and-charge 
is the Tesla experience for everybody else. And the authentication process begins in the background. And Blink chargers are now getting plug-in charge. Now, there is a thing that is sort of auto-charge. Some companies call it auto-charge plus. Some, and I can think of a few. You've been to them before. I think GridServe do it, although I've not done it with GridServe. Uh, FastNed do it. I've not done it with FastNed. Uh, but uh, I think EVgo in the US are starting to roll out their version of auto charge. It's not plug and charge. It's not the full fat plug and charge. It's their, kind of their own version of it where you've charged with them before. They remember your details. I'm sure it's secure. I worry a little bit about companies kind of doing their own solution. I'm sure it's fine. But you want to make sure that the... All of that data is secure. And, of course, the um, the protocol, the plug-and-charge um, uh, standard, if you like, has been designed to be very secure, way more secure, actually, than using an RFID card or even a credit card. So um, the payment is also handled in the back end by Blink. Now, BYD are making so many EVs they want to get out of China. They're actually making their own or ordering their own transport shifts uh, ships. BYD ordered as many as eight auto-transport ships from a yard amid Record shipping costs. The eight ships will cost $700 million in total. This is a massive, massive order. What does this tell you about BYD's ambitions outside of China? So I know I can't go to my corner, you know, shop dealership, you know, around the corner on the industrial estate and buy a BYD car now. But what does it tell you? If you try and read the tea leaves, three years and five years and ten years, if BYD are ordering eight auto transport ships to get EVs out of China, that's a lot of capacity, and they've got to go somewhere. So, hey, it means nothing at the minute to anybody else apart from you listening to this podcast, but I found that on a Chinese website, and you try and put two and two together, I often get five, but I think in this case... What does that tell you? Each of these ships can carry 7,700 vehicles, and uh, they're going to be on the way. An article for you for some weekend reading from Australia. The independent Australia.net website points out that long-term exposure to particulates from exhausts in Australia leads to around 3,000 premature deaths and illnesses and costs to Australians of 24 billion Aussie dollars a year. In most Australian towns and cities, vehicle pollution is the main cause. Vehicle pollutants are inhaled and passed through the lungs into the organs of the body where they cause heart disease and heart attack, stroke, cancer and diabetes. Children who are prone to asthma and babies, even in vitro, by the way, uh, can have poor lung development and neurodevelopmental disorders because of particulates from exhausts. So, yeah, it's kind of a serious subject and it's why I do this podcast and I try to, you know, keep it light and all that. But that is my motivation for doing this because there are so many vested interests, so many people are making money and in their nice big houses, in their nice clean countryside retreats who are raking in the shareholder money. But for the rest of us, and particularly people who are on lower incomes and people of colour, that's just that's just what the numbers say, that live in urban environments, are disproportionately affected in their health by what comes out the back of a tailpipe. So I know that you like your big, loud diesel truck because it makes you feel like you've got a big and butt. Stop it because you're hurting people. So let's get electric as quick as possible. Air pollution causes a decline in mental ability, which does explain why so many of these petrol heads want to keep their petrol cars around because... Well, their brains are shrinking. It's causing dementia. And many studies indicate those living near main roads suffer cognitive decline. 
Australia has inadequate noxious emission standards, says this article. And a national inquiry into EVs is now asking for submissions. A bit of weekend reading, just something to keep it light, you know. Uh, And uh, I'll pop a link to that in the show notes so you can read more. Now, let's go to Turkey. Headline story, Turkey rolled out its first domestically produced EV at a ceremony yesterday as President Erdogan uh, seeks to highlight economic success you know, there are elections happening next year. Turkey's domestic car is called the TOG, as in, you know, the duvet rating of how warm a duvet is. The TOG. T-O-double-G. TOG. Uh, we'll hit the roads of Europe with all models, Erdogan said after driving the first vehicle off the production line yesterday. They will say, those crazy Turks are coming, said the president. He uh, said Turkey has inked a deal with one of the world's most prominent companies to build the lithium-ion battery and a factory to make those batteries near the site in Bursa. And he didn't name the company, but I have that for you in a second. I've done some digging. Sales of the TOG, which is a C-segment SUV, begin this time next year, quarter 323. And the plan is to export them to Europe after about a year and a half of selling them domestically. The ruling party wants to show off their major projects ahead of, surprise, surprise, elections, as I mentioned, in June next year. There are economic woes in Turkey, soaring inflation. The government themselves said they'd buy 30,000 of these vehicles every year for the next 12 years. Turkey is home to an automotive industry, by the way. Ford, Toyota, Mercedes-Benz all have factories in the country. It's a big automotive parts supplier as well. The TOG was designed by Italy's Pininfarina. Uh, they make, uh, they've designed things for Ferrari and Karma as well. Uh, the TOG will be built from 65% locally made parts. And as we found out with Russia's invasion of Ukraine, that impacted supply chains because we didn't know it's obviously, everybody in the automotive industry that needs to know knew this, but the wiring looms come from Ukraine. And so when they had to shut the factories, there were no wiring looms. So Turkey, I gather, is the same. Uh, no, I'm no expert on this, but they have got an automotive industry there. They've collaborated with the battery company Pharisis for the battery. Watching the videos of the track tests showed it was about seven and a half seconds to get to uh, 100 kilometers an hour. On a single motor version, there's going to be a dual motor version that goes from 200 to 400 kilowatts of power, and that'll be less than five seconds, not to 60. And so we'll wait and see. Would you buy? Look, looking at this vehicle, it is not the most original C segment SUV. Everything from the bonnet back to me looks like a Mercedes Benz EQC. Big bonnet, by the way, and yet it's a custom designed EV. So. If you're starting an EV design from scratch, you don't have such a massive bonnet. It looks like it might almost be a combustion platform from somewhere, somehow. I don't know, but you would, you know, you'd put the wheels further out, like all custom EV platforms are. You put them on the four corners, more interior space. You don't have a massive bonnet up front. You have that on compromised platforms where the car could be either a petrol car or an electric car or a plug-in hybrid. So, it's mm, an interesting one. Now, let's talk on the podcast about Tesla expanding and Rivian's comfort mode for pets on the way soon. Stick around. Now, Ford are extending the dealership EV investment deadline for Ford dealers, giving them one more month to consider whether to invest. And that investment is substantial, I gather, around a million dollars for many of the dealers. According to Automotive News, dealers have one more month to decide on their future. Uh, End of November is the deadline whether they want to sell electric vehicles. Now, to sell Ford electric vehicles, says teslarati.com, which is very profitable 
for Ford dealers, by the way, to sell EVs. Uh, they must become certified. You can get basic certification, so a smaller investment and fewer EV chargers, or you can go the full uh, certification, put all of the DC fast chargers in that Ford are asking for, and that way you get an unlimited supply of Ford electric vehicles from the mothership factory, so to speak. But does Ford think that their EVs will qualify for the tax credit next year? Well, Electrek must have been on a, uh, a call on the earnings call with CEO Jim Farley uh, because they have a really interesting article on Electrek this weekend about whether Ford will qualify. A reminder of the new IRA tax credit, anything that was a signed order after August the 16th when Biden signed it into law must have final assembly in North America. To be eligible for the $7,500 tax credit, split into two, half of it means the battery must be assembled or manufactured in North America. That's 50% of it, must be. And to get the other half of the tax credit, uh, critical minerals must come from North America or a country with a free trade agreement. Now, that's 40% at the beginning, and that is on a sliding scale upwards. So, Farley said, and I quote, from 2023 to 2026... We estimate a combined available tax credit for Ford and our battery partners could total more than $7 billion. Uh, I haven't read anyone else in the media covering this, he said, but it's important, and that's the commercial tax credit. Ah, Mr. Farley, we've covered it on this podcast before. If only the CEO of Ford listened to EV News Daily. I'm not surprised he doesn't. Um, We have talked about how important the commercial side of it is, and he wanted to raise that with the journalists on the call. He said, you know that Ford is the number one commercial vehicle brand in the US. Now, commercial customers can now claim $7,500 per EV that they buy with no restrictions on battery sourcing or manufacturing. Our estimate is that between 55 and 65% of all our commercial vehicle customers qualify. Next year, we'll meet the $3,750 tax credit for critical minerals requirement on certain models, the Mac-E and certain F-150 Lightnings. So it sounds, and obviously it has to be below $80,000 for the purchase price of the vehicle. So the more expensive F-150, what's that called? Platinum, is it? Or Larry at the top one? Uh, That doesn't qualify, but the others do. So uh, I could even see different batteries going into the cheaper F-150 Lightnings that have that they're able to source those those materials from North America or free trade agreement countries whereas in the most expensive one above 80 grand not going to qualify anyway well go and get all your stuff from China and and stick that in the expensive one cuz it's never going to qualify anyway i don't know Wait and see. Tesla is preparing to expand their production in their Berlin Gigafactory. The trees are being felled once again this weekend. As Tesla prepares their expansion stage on site, new production buildings are being built in the northern part of the site. But conservationists are... Uh, conservationists are now critical once again. The next stage of expansion on the site is being prepared to expand more production. As the German press agency learned on Friday, 70 hectares of pine forest is being cleared. 300 hectares of forest have been reforested. An extension of the area uh, for the freight station is planned at some time as well. Felling began on Friday. Workers were seen in the forest with cutting vehicles. York Steinbach, the economics minister, said it was a good sign that Brandenburg is developing. Uh, the Bloomberg article I found on this says that they are working on an application at Tesla to increase storage and logistics at the site. Unclear how that expansion will be done, how quickly it will be done. Any major addition requires a new approval from the authorities, new consultation protests, uh, process with protests inevitable from locals. 
The company has said it wants to expand the factory by around 100 hectares for a freight yard and a warehouse and rail links and stockpiling. Now, Rivian's new pet mode, Comfort Mode, keeps anyone in your Rivians, especially uh, your dogs and your pets, uh, comfortable like Tesla do with dog mode. Now, Rivian have got a software over-the-air update to enable this Comfort Mode for pets in the R1T and the R1S. When it's engaged, uh, the big screen lights up with a cartoon depicting uh, the brand's Gear Guardian mascots saying, uh, my pet is safe and comfy. On the 15.6-inch control screen writes the Detroit Free Press website today. They say that cooling a vehicle uses less electricity from the battery than heating, but it'll do either. And it'll do it for a long time. If you're stranded in the blizzard, for instance, says Craig Van Battenberg. He's a trainer of EV technicians and writing about EV passenger compartments for the SAE International, which is the engineering association. Lots of people say, well, I wouldn't have an EV because what if I get caught in a, in a, in a snowstorm and I'm in my vehicle? For hours, and I'm going to freeze to death. Um, and he points out uh, that heat pumps are increasingly common in EVs, even if at maxed out, they're using a two kilowatts an hour to keep you warm in freezing temperatures. With a 60 kilowatt hour battery, you're safe for 30 hours, uh, even if you've got a reasonably high state of charge. Rivian system, by the way, won't work unless you got, if you've got 50 miles or less, it won't turn on. So stay fully charged. And that's your podcast for today. A mention for all of our premium partners and everyone who supports this show, executive producer and above, as I do on a Sunday. Thank you, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley's EV Review Island YouTube channel, uh, Richard at rsev.cut.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK, Octopus Electric Universe, they do global public charging and they make it simple with one app and one map, and milbrickcottages.co.uk, five-star luxury cottages in Devon, and thanks to the partners of the show, David and Lisa Allen. Thank you, guys. Yuka Kukunen from Shift2Electric.com with the number two. Rajiv Narayan, who's been quite on email lately. I'll uh, hopefully hear from him soon. He's always good for uh, learning about EVs from. Michael Lumley, battery reports for your EVs. Get them at RecurrentAuto.com. And we should get them on the show, shouldn't we? Because RecurrentAuto.com are doing some interesting things uh, when you buy a used vehicle, for instance, to learn about the battery. And Darren McCleskey. Now, he runs DeNovo Real Estate. And thanks to all of our exec producers. Thank you very much, Adrian Bond, Alan Ched, Alex Banahini, Alexander Frank, Anders Hove, Andrea Jefferson, Andrew Luoma, Andy Nancaro, and Lillian Cass, Asir Khalid, Bjad Fuchstak, Bill Calhoun, Blaine McKinney, Blunderbuss Jones, Brian O'Leary, Brian Thompson, Bruce Bohannon, Chad Lane, Charles Hall, Christopher Bath, Colin Hennessy, and Cam Zeevy. Craig Rogers, David Dysart, David Finch, David Partington, David Prescott, DCEV, Ed, DCEV Ed Cortine, Eddie Regassa, Eric Hansen, Eru Kinyi Nyombi, Frederick Ravik, Gene Rubin, George Tortorado, Heinrich Leisner, Helmut Selka and Ian Waddy Watkins, Ian Griffiths, Ian Sear, Jack Oakley, Jacob Kuhn, James Penfold, James Dorr, ja- Jan from eMobilityNorway.com, and Jim Morris. John Schroeder, John Vandervoort, John, who is Beardy McBeardface at Kent EVs, and John Manjack, Kester Sandback, Kevin Merson, Lawrence the Allen, Lee Brown, Luke Cully, Marcel Ward, Nathan Gore Brown, Nathan King, Nathaniel Friedman, Neil E. Roberts from Sussex EVs, Ohad Aston, Paul Stevenson, Pete Glass, Pete Gordon, Peter and D. Roberts, Peter Reiner, Phil Mouche, Philip Forrester, Philip Troutman, Raymond Rowledge, and Realtors Choice Photography. Rob has his RS Thinks EV channel on YouTube. Check it out. Robert Grace, Sakey Payne, Stephen Penn, Steve John, the Plug Seekers EV YouTube channel, who's on holiday right now. Look terrible where he is. Very jealous. Uh, Thomas J. T. S. 
Timothy Phillips, Tyler Voss. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.